Good morning. This morning we again follow the order of service on page 15. However, if you notice in your bulletin, uh, I printed out a confession of sins, which we've used before, uh, but we haven't used for some time. So in our morning service, when we come to the confession of sins, we will use that and then follow that with the psalm and the glory of Hatre. Our opening hymn this morning is Come Holy Ghost, Creator Blessed, hymn number 233.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the first epistle of St. John, the Bible tells us, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible also tells us, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let us therefore confess our sins unto the Lord. We poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you in our thoughts, desires, words, and deeds. Therefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us, and has given his only begotten Son to die for us, and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the sons of God, and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. psalm today, we continue in Psalm 119 with a section in this acrostic uh, with the Hebrew letter Gimel. Again, we read it responsibly with the congregation, reading those verses in bold type. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for longing and hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes.
catechism lesson today, we continue discussing the office of the keys, and we look at question 307, what then do you believe according to these words? And the words it refers to are Jesus' words, where he tells his disciples that whosoever sins they remit or forgive, they are remitted or forgiven unto them, and whosoever sins they retain or do not forgive, they are not forgiven unto them. I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine commandment, especially when they exclude manifest and impenitent sinners from the Christian congregation, and again when they absolve those who repent of their sins and are willing to amend, this is as valid and certain in heaven also as if Christ our dear Lord dealt with us himself. What do you believe in general according to these words? 
I believe that whenever the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, this is as valid and certain in heaven also as if Christ, our dear Lord, dealt with us himself. And in what particular cases is this of such validity and certainty? When they exclude manifest and impenitent sinners from the Christian congregation, and again when they absolve those who repent of their sins and are willing to amend. And again, the reason that the words of the called servants of Christ or the pastors are as valid and certain in heaven itself are because, and they are true if the pastor is rightly administering the keys. In other words, if someone is penitent and sorry for his sins, the pastor proclaims to him God's mercy and forgiveness and he forgives his sins in the stead of our Lord Jesus Christ. However, if someone is impenitent and going on in his sin, uh, unpenitent or unrepentant, and he does not trust in Christ, then the pastor has to announce to him, your sins are not forgiven until you repent. And the pastor uh, has to retain or not forgive his sins. Of course, the final hope and the purpose for this is that the sinner will repent and look to Christ and his cross for mercy, and then the pastor can announce to him God's grace and mercy in Christ Jesus and forgive his sins. Our epistle lesson for today, we continue in the book of Hebrews, and we're in chapter 9, beginning at the first verse. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it, the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as yet or while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the, the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For of the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh. 
How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your consciences from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood, for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats and with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Here ends the reading of the epistle, and I ask you to please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel appointed for today is recorded in Luke chapter 10, beginning at the 23rd verse. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho 
and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Here ends our reading of the Holy Gospel. We join in confessing our faith with today. We do so in the words of the Apostles' Creed on page 12. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. We sing, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less, hymn number 370.
I ask you to bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we pray again your Holy Spirit's blessing upon both the speaking and the hearing of your word, that we might be strengthened in our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and hold fast unto him until he comes again to take us to be with you forever in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I turn to our text for today, I might just have you look again at the words of the hymn we just sang, because they express so well what is in our text for today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant and blood support me in the whelming flood. When every earthly prop gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, clothed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Our text for today is the epistle lesson read to you a few minutes ago. And I just wanted to draw your attention to some parts of this, and so I will read it uh, somewhat piecemeal. Uh, beginning with verses 6 and 7, we see that it says, And now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. Be helpful if I read the right chapter. And now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. And so we see, as it describes here, the Old Testament tabernacle, which was a shadow of what Moses had seen on the mountain when God showed him heaven itself. The Old Testament tabernacle pointed to a greater tabernacle in heaven. And as sacrifices and offerings were offered in this earthly tabernacle, it pointed to a greater sacrifice would be, that would be offered and the blood taken into heaven itself for our sins. And so it points out that the priest you know, we're always in the first tabernacle, in the outward part of the tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. They went in and offered incense, and the people prayed outside. But into the second, which would be the holiest place where the Ark of the Covenant was and the mercy seat, the high priest alone that went the high priest alone once every year and not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors or the sins of the people. And it tells us the Holy Ghost this signifying, so the Holy Spirit is signifying 
that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest and had not yet been revealed, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect, as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and cardinal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. And so the first tabernacle in the wilderness and the Aaronic priesthood could not really take away sin. It served to point ahead to a greater sacrifice that would be offered, which would take away the sins of all people. And the blood which Aaron and his sons took into the holiest place for themselves and for the sins of the people signified a greater sacrifice whose blood would be taken to the very throne of God to make atonement for the sins of all mankind. And as we read on in verses 11 and 12, it says, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And so we see that our Lord Jesus Christ, a tabernacle not made with hands because the tabernacle of his body, the tabernacle of our Lord Jesus took place when God sent his only begotten son into the world to be born of the Virgin Mary. And so by the working of the Holy Spirit, Mary conceived and bore not just a man, he was truly man, but also he was true God, the only begotten Son of the Father. And Christ fulfilled all righteousness for you and for me. He kept all of God's commandments perfectly, so there was no need to offer a sacrifice for his own sins. But he offered up himself a perfect sacrifice for the sins of the entire world. He took upon himself your sins and my sins, the sins of all people. And when he was condemned and forsaken of God there upon the cross, he made atonement with his blood for the sins of the world. He paid the price. And he goes, he ascended to the right hand of God the Father with his blood, atoning for the sins of all as it says, having obtained eternal redemption for us. It says, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your consciences from dead works to serve the living God? And so you see how much greater a sacrifice we have. In the Old Testament, under that covenant, they had sacrifices which had to be offered again and again and again because they really didn't pay the price. We have our Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God made man who offered himself once and made atonement for the sins of all the world 
of all time. As we read on here, it says that he obtained eternal redemption for us. It assures us that in him we have forgiveness and life. In verses 15 through 17, it says, For this cause he is made, or for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, the new covenant, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And so our Lord Jesus Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, a new testament. We read about this in Jeremiah chapter 31 uh, before, and I just repeat that promise back in the Old Testament to you again. Jeremiah 31, beginning at verse 31, God promised, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward hearts and write it in their hearts, and they will be, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. And so our Lord Jesus Christ is the mediator of that new covenant, which replaced the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. And in him we have forgiveness for all our sins, and we are accepted of God. We are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and his laws are written upon our hearts. The Bible points out as we read on that all things are purged with blood and without blood, there really is no forgiveness. At verse 18, it says, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet, wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of, blood of the testament, excuse me, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Here, as we go back to Exodus 24, and then we follow, we see how sacrifices were offered and the people agreed to this covenant and blood was sprinkled upon uh, the book of the covenant as well as upon the people because this covenant was established by the shedding of blood. And when the tabernacle was built, the tabernacle and the items in the tabernacle were also cleansed with the shedding of blood. It was blood that needed to be shed in order to pay the price for the sins of the people. Well, so also our Lord Jesus Christ shed his own 
blood. He shed his blood and made atonement for your sins and my sins, the sins of the entire world. And he goes with his blood into the holiest place of all, into the very presence of God, making atonement for your sins before the Heavenly Father. And so as we read on in verses 23, it says, It was therefore necessary that the patterns of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And if you recall a few weeks ago, we talked about the Roman Mass and how the Roman Mass is viewed to be a continual sacrifice that they believe that the priest, when he says the words of institution, brings down the body and blood of Christ and offers it anew on the altar as an unblooding sacrifice, unbloody because it is within, or it is, you know, in, under the forms of bread and wine. But he offers it again as a sacrifice for sin. But the scriptures say over and over again in the book of Hebrews and elsewhere that Jesus offered his self, himself once for the sins of all the people. And now he has entered into heaven itself with his blood to make atonement for your sins and mine. We might ask, well, you know, what does all this mean for you and for me? And I think the words that we used in our confession of sins this morning uh, really bring that out. But they come, of course, from... 1 John in chapters 1 and 2, where we see, you know, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, how can a righteous and holy God forgive sins? How can he not judge and punish our sins? And that's answered in chapter 2 in the opening verses where it says, my little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so you and I have an advocate. I guess you could kind of call him a defense attorney, one who argues on our behalf does a lot better than defense attorneys do today. And he comes there with his own shed blood so that when we are accused and, and guilty before God, he is there saying, yes, but I paid the price. I suffered the punishment for those sins. And through Jesus' shed blood, God is merciful to us and he forgives our sins when we look to our Lord Jesus Christ in faith. So how important it is for us to have 
Jesus Christ with his shed blood in the very presence of God the Father, pleading for us, interceding for us with his blood. It is because of Jesus and his blood that we are accepted of God. And it's because of Jesus and his blood that we will be received forever into God's eternal kingdom. Which, of course, leads into the last verses of our text. It says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Of course, verse 27 points out a truth that I think all people begin to recognize that everybody has to die. It's appointed unto man once to die. We don't die twice. We die once. And after this follows the judgment. When we die, we are taken into the presence of God and we are either received into everlasting joy or condemned to eternal torment in hell. Because of our sins, none of us deserve to be received into his everlasting kingdom. But we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who made atonement for the sins of the world and is there with his shed blood on our behalf so that we have atonement and forgiveness. And so it says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Who is it that looks for the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming? It is those who trust in him and his cross for forgiveness and life. And so to those who trust in Jesus and look for his return, he will, as it says here, appear the second time without sin. He won't be bearing sin anymore because he's paid for it already in his first coming. But he will be coming unto salvation. He will come to take us to be with him forever in heaven. As we talked about in Bible class, that our bodies will be changed from a vile and corrupt body subject to sin and death into a glorious and heavenly body made to live, or for, live forever with our God in heaven. And so this is the comfort that you and I have. You know, under the old covenant, they had to offer sacrifices again and again and again. And it really didn't take away sin. It only served to point ahead to a more perfect sacrifice. And Jesus is that priest after the order of Melchizedek. And he offered up himself a perfect sacrifice because he was holy and without sin and the very Son of God in human flesh. And he paid the price for your sins and mine. And now he's at the right hand of God the Father interceding for us with his blood so that we have our hope, our anchor within the veil, as the hymn said, and as it says in the book of Hebrews in the earlier chapter. Our hope is within the veil. It's within it's in our Lord Jesus Christ who has paid for our sins. But it's a certain hope because he's done it all. And in him, we have forgiveness and in him, we have life. And again, you know, what does this mean for us? It means that when we confess our sins and look to the Lord Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness. It means that when we die, we don't need to be afraid because we have an advocate 
pleading for us before God the Father in heaven with his own shed blood, his perfect and holy blood shed for our sins and the sins of the world. It means that you and I are forgiven and accepted by, by God because of Jesus' one sacrifice for sins. It means that you and I will be received into God's everlasting kingdom. God grant that we place our faith in our perfect and holy high priest after the order of Melchizedek in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins and is risen again and is right now interceding for us at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Amen. I ask you to please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Continue our worship by bringing forward our offerings. I ask you to please stand and join in the prayers of the church. O merciful Heavenly Father, your Son satisfied your just wrath against the sins of the world. Grant unto us that we will continue in repentance and true faith that Christ's atoning sacrifice would cover our sins and give us a place in your everlasting kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, 
Gracious Lord, we praise you for retaining among us your holy word and the sacred ordinances of your house. Continue to raise up faithful stewards of your mysteries, that repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Christ's name would be proclaimed in our midst and throughout all the world. Prepare all your baptized children to be faithful confessors of the hope that is in them. Lord, in your mercy, lover of mankind, bind our families together in harmony and rule our hearts with the peace of Christ. Cause his word to dwell richly in us and let fathers and heads of household teach and admonish their families in all wisdom. Let our songs, words, and deeds be done in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ with thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, grant health and wisdom to those in authority that they may carry out their duties according to your will. Enable them to protect us from violence and evil and to maintain peace and righteousness. Let our land be filled with citizens who love you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and who love their neighbors as themselves. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you have shown us your mercy in your Son, Jesus Christ, who became our help to save us from all evil and death. Give us compassionate hearts that we may not be blind to the needs of others, but show to all your mercy and love. We pray today especially for Joyce, Carl, and Matthew. Bind up our wounds and send us forth to bind up the wounds of others with the healing balm of your gospel. Lord, in your mercy. At your invitation, O Father, we come to your supper for rest. Preserve us from impenitence and unbelief. Cleanse us from our unrighteousness and clothe us with the righteousness purchased with your Son's blood. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, grant to those who mourn comfort in their grief and grace to rejoice in the reunion to come with those who have died in the faith. Lord, in your mercy. These and whatsoever other things you would have us ask of you, O God, Grant us for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. You may be seated. We continue our worship by singing hymn 316, O Living Bread from Heaven.
ask you to please rise. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saved. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
invite you all to come forward. Savior Jesus Christ, given unto death for all your sins. The Lord bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given unto death for all your sins. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given unto death. For all your sins. Thank you. Savior Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins. I ask you to please stand. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake.
give thanks unto the Lord. source of all goodness, who in loving kindness did send thine only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank thee that for his sake thou hast given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we beseech thee not to forsake thy children, but evermore to rule our hearts and minds by thy Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost ever one God, world without end. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. We close by singing hymn 371, Jesus, thy blood and righteousness.
Again, I might draw your attention to just one of the verses here. Verse 4, Lord, I believe thy precious blood, which hath the mercy seat of God, forever doth for sinners plead for me and for my soul was shed. Of course, it's pretty clear from this one that John Wesley believed in universal atonement as well, uh, even though he came out of Reformed tradition. Because he points out, Lord, I believe were sinners more than sands upon the ocean shore. Thou hast for all a ransom paid, for all a full atonement made. Again, a welcome to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As far as announcements, uh, the only one I really have for today is that, uh, well, I guess I have a, a second one. Uh, but that this Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we have our online Bible study. And again, I'll send out that link to you if any of you care to join. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 21. So we're getting closer uh, to through the Gospel of Matthew. The other thing I might just point out to you, and I, I know I've shared it with Kaylin and with Marty, uh, but we have gotten an offer to buy our building for... I believe the amount was 220000 which is probably low for the value of the building. And I don't know that we want to sell it anyway. But, uh, and then it was uh, one where they would pay $100,000 down and then five years, have five years to pay off uh, the rest of the amount, which means if they defaulted, the property would return to us. But... Since it is a proposal, I, I suppose we'll probably have to take it up at our next voters meeting and just say yes or no and go on down the road. Or if we want to, you know, if there actually is an interest in selling the property and doing something smaller, uh, you know, we could say, hey, that's not enough and go back and forth a little bit if, if that's what the congregation wishes to do. But uh, I just figured I would let you know that was was offered to us. Yeah. Uh, they are the the people who bought the rest of the land that uh, we gave to the bank a number of years ago and they want I don't know if they want to use this building for a house or they want to put a house here so uh, that's what, what they said so, so it could be that since they have the rest of the land that uh, they may really want this i don't know remains to be seen and i don't know that we want to sell it because it, it's awful hard to go and find any place that you can even rent for a few hours without ending up spending as much as we're spending on our mortgage payment in a hurry so any other announcements this morning not uh, god's richest blessings to all of you and your lord jesus hold fast to him is your anchor within the veil